From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Hello. Thank you, Jay, and hello, everyone. I'm Adam, often called the Dice Abide, but you can call me anytime. <laughs> Tonight, we are joined by the Heavy Gear Professor, Nick. How's it going, everyone? Welcome, welcome. How's it going? Going great. Glad to have you on tonight. Glad to be back. So, uh, what do you drink tonight? Um, I have some finely aged water. Oh, excellent. Millions of years old. Mm-hmm. John? Uh, I can hear that. I, I can hear John. John? Well... <sighs> I will go then. Then, so I am enjoying a lovely Crux. That's right, Tough Love Raspberry Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. It is thick, like syrup. I wish I could. Mm, it's so yeah, it's delicious. It's full of raspberry. It's kind of like it smells kind of like a like a dark chocolate covered raspberry. It looks like motor oil from this angle. It does it's, look like motor oil. So we're we're back. I'm Feels about back on stream. Now, so things should be okay. Yay, Yay, John! Welcome for the for the people on the podcast. Who, as far as we know, John hasn't been here. Uh, John's here. I'm here. Hooray! <laughs> Excellent. What are you uh, What are you drinking, John? I am having a mix of chrysanthemum and black tea because I felt like it this evening, and I had it in my tea maker already, and I was lazy. That's the that is the correct answer. Like yep. this is the tea that was in there, so that's what I'm having. Exactly. Well, gentlemen, cheers. 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 Oh, that is good. I'm gonna be swearing a lot by the end of this episode. Fourteen <laughs> percent. So excellent, excellent. Good thing I'm in control. <laughs> Let's say right? good good start. A beer is strong as wine, and it's freaking delicious. That is a dangerous mix. Well, John, why don't you uh, give us some news? Sure, let's do it. So, uh, as you know, we do a Bromid Academy mission every month, which basically consists of you trying a little experiment that I propose to you, uh, and then you write in with the results of that and have chances to win fabulous prizes, which we'll draw uh, at the beginning of next month. Um, so this month's mission is to try out some coordinated orders. I mean, I'm sure you've used them in the past, but if you haven't, they're an excellent tool to add some mobility, also to do some spot removal if you need that. Uh, so go check out bromanacademy.com if you want some more details on uh, what, what the uh, exact mission parameters are, uh, as well as how to enter right. all of that. Um, this if, is actually yeah. a really good mission, I feel like, for, for a, people of basically all skill levels. Mm -hmm. If you think about Infinity is a resource management game, fundamentally. Right, the, your orders are the thing, the tools that you use to get anything you need done. If you end the game and you have command tokens left over, that is a resource that you didn't use. So presumably, there there might have been some point that you can analyze in your game where you could have been slightly more efficient and used your resources more effectively. Like whether you win or lose. Yeah. So I really like this mission. It's a good one, and I didn't come up with it. That's actually Aaron who came up with it. Uh, so thanks, Aaron, for coming up with well, a great good mission. Good work, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. We'll grill her on. Make sure she's doing it. Exactly. 
Um, all right. So now, uh, speaking of things that you can do next week and through the rest of the quarter, you can paint up some heavy infantry and send them in and win some fabulous prizes as well. So not only will you get some uh, prize support from Corvus Belly, you'll also get the chance to have a 3D widget design and 3D printed and sent to your door. So if you want some uh, conversion fodder or weapon swaps or something like that, those are things you can do. So uh, yeah, send that in to BrahmanAcademy.com. We're partnering with WarGarage.org. Uh, which is a Spanish language um, wargaming blog. So go check them out too. Uh, we've got a relevant to the, tonight a uh, article on orders and heavy gear. Thank you again to Than, who has been writing all these fantastic articles. Um, and you find him around the internet as Zagdag. So if you see him, uh, do drop him a note and say thank you if you enjoyed them, or just. Yell at him if you didn't. I don't know. He's a nice guy, so it'd be nice. Um, but yeah, so if, you, if you're wondering what your command group leaders are, uh, combat group leaders are supposed to be doing with those command points, uh, go have a look at the article and you'll learn all about it. I think that's, that's it. It's a light, it's a light, uh, it's a light week it. for news. Not a lot in the, uh, in the, the hobby industry this week. I wonder if it's just coming off the back of like GW just did their big week of announcements so everybody else you know the everybody else line. is kind of kind of yeah. comatose right now yeah but that's fine it gives me a little bit of a reprieve it gives my wallet a little bit of a reprieve oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you want to talk about things that aren't giving your wallet a reprieve in the form of the the no, starter set uh, that just arrived yeah <laughs> let's do it so um i have received the first the first thing from war cradle studios for john and i to start playing some dystopian wars this is their lovely big two-player starter pack and we're gonna get a little bit of an unboxing here Ooh. there we go it is a very pretty box wow it's that's really nice. Look at that silver boss lettering like that is deluxe that has their name on the side fancy so i might actually keep this box yeah but say it's actually a very nice sturdy box so if you Put it in its own cover. It's uh, it's a very nice tray to carry everything around it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So here we have. I have I've really done nothing to this thing yet. So oh. uh, some bases for things. Important note: there are some important things missing from the box. You want to clue in clue in the listeners, uh, Nick, as to what's missing. Yeah. So um, I've actually opened this box before. I've got uh, one of them sitting. It's right over there. Um, if you open this your first time, you will notice. Two things are conspicuously absent. Instructions, which are available on the WorkRadle website. It's also got the breakdown of what the sprues are. So, like, this is what this gun is. This is what this generator is. All available on WorkRadle's website. The one thing that threw me for a loop when I opened it is the giant enlightened ships, which are made out of resin, used to plastic ship guns, which, since it, there's no instructions to say that, you mm-hmm. you think there's a mispack the first time you open it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But so once, yeah. once you get those instructions off their website and you know that you use the re- the, the plastic pieces, mm-hmm. you're in okay shape. Yeah. So at least um just so you know, this was the copies that I got a couple like a month and a half or uh-huh. ago, whenever it came out. Um I don't yeah, it, it didn't have any instructions when I got it and the, the enlightened ships used those plastic turrets. Right. So so here we've got some it looks like some Russian ships. So the the small frigates, yeah, they're still about 50 millimeters long, 40, 50 millimeters long. Yeah, they're, they're good size. Then the bigger ships are, are quite a bit heftier. 
So the, the sprues look really nice. The, the production of the sprues is familiar. Um, if you're if you follow a lot of the UK games, this is made. These look like they're made by. Um, oh, who are they? They were bought out. They made the cool Imperial Knights. Like oh, War Games man. Foundry. War Games Foundry. Um, yeah. They, yeah, they switched mostly over to uh, plastic production. I think they were actually bought by Warlord Games, which is why Warlord Games reused a lot of their plastics. But out of these, we've got some nice custom dice. They're about twelve millimeters. Pretty small, the different faces kind of remind me of Aristea dice, like double hits, shields, double shields, and then some sort of you know, anchor symbol in blank size. Yeah, a lot of really nice plastic screws. It feels like the uh, the GW quality plastic, just from the touch. I'm pretty sure it'll work with you know, your usual plastic glues. Uh, it did, it worked for me. Excellent. So, yeah, here we've got the the Enlightened, no longer the Covenant, right? They're now the Enlightened. It's the Covenant of the Enlightened, if I recall right. So they mm -hmm. kind of did a mix of both? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm just pulling stuff out. For those of you not aware, um, War Cradle bought out Wild West Exodus and yep. the old Spartan properties when Spartan closed. They combined Wild West Exodus with the Dystopian Wars IP. Which is interesting. Like That's a, that's an interesting move, having two, two games. But, I mean, if you own two... You know, nineteenth century. Yeah, um, I mean, especially since there's dystopian yeah. legions as well, right? Games. Uh, there yeah. was. I don't know if they're planning on bringing that back. I don't remember. They probably are. I'm waiting for Firestorm Armada to come back. Right. Yeah. These, me too. These plastics look really, really nice. You know, just first observation, at least from the the casting quality, I don't really have any complaints. Yeah, they look good. No warping. So. Looks like easy to yeah, no clip working. from the sprue, which is a lot more important than you'd think it is. <laughs> For those of you who haven't sure, messed around with plastics of, that much. It, it looks like they've done a lot of good mold line abatement, like doing the molds in such a way where like the flat area is pretty flat. You don't have mold lines across the edges. Really well designed there. And then here we have, okay, there's those dice again. Some, Some more dice. dice. These are my, oh, sorry? Some more dice. Right, exactly. Some more dice. These remind me of the command dice from Battlefield Gothic. I believe they're critical hit dice. Oh, it's just like what happens on the critical. I'd have to go back and double check. I think it, it's been a bit since I've been through the book. I'm looking for it. Yeah, I'll have to read it and find it out. I mean, a ton of cards. There we go. We can play some magic. Um, it's a nice back. Yeah, no, this is a, well, here, yeah. And then here's some. Some they, resin, which is they are yeah, they are standard size cards by the way. They will fit oh. a standard card sleeve. Excuse me, some resin parts. I feel like resin is pretty uncommon in the world of uh, of starter kits. Yeah, that yeah. is unusual. So, yeah, I'm just gonna rip. I'm just gonna rip right into it. That's a huge freaking ship. Like that is that's not a that is a chunker. Right. <laughs> that is a big slab of resin. Yeah, just and, a reminder yeah, again, the quality... to wash the resin in soapy water, or if you have a ultrasonic cleaner, dump it in there mm -hmm. to remove the release agent. Also, resin is toxic if inhaled. So if you're going to file it, it. Or, or shave it or anything, wear a respirator um, or do it outside yeah. or both. Um, make sure to clean up after yourself. Uh, if you're going to file it, use a wet file. 
and stuff some paper around uh, to really make sure that you're not breathing it in because it's really bad for you. Especially yeah, if you're going to dremel it. I don't know who would dremel it, but if you're going to dremel it, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't do that. Uh, if you want to magnetize the guns. Sure. That's yeah. Sure that you might do that. So I think Which... this is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is a whale launcher. Yes, it is. Um, so if you look over in the frame uh, on the parts right there, so it's those two end ones. It is an attack whale. That's an attack whale. And so these are the. So this is like the the storage pod for the whale. Yeah, yeah. So when you assemble it, the crane locks into position. It's putting the whale pulling the whale outer into the the pod. And it, uh, that that little grate thing that you can see on the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah there's, there's another whale right there, uh, getting ready to be uh, moved in. <laughs> Oh, well, now I'm sad hilarious. I'm playing the Russians. I bet the Russians have some ridiculous thing. Um, the Russians are really cool. The, the Germans have, like, railroad tracks around their ships. What? That's As, new. like, the bridge moves and the gun turrets move. I have I have the old Prussians, so... I, I am waiting for my Union to come out so I can oh, rebuild yeah. the uh, Federated, uh, Federated States. Okay, so this is... That's pretty rad. Okay, so this is just one... Of the resin ships. And just yeah. to point out, notice there's no guns there. And that was that threw yeah, me for a little while. Those three sockets. Yeah. So you're just saying if you pull over some of these guns. It, it's the enlight it's the enlightened, uh those little guns. Those are what go there. Ah, that makes sense. Well cool. I mean that is that is huge. That is a lot bigger than I was expecting out of here. And there's a, also a fairly massive Russian ship, it looks like. That's Vidanya, Achilles. And right? same thing is same thing is true on the Russian one. It uses the plastic guns. Gotcha, gotcha. It's the one that's got some big Tesla coil thing. What is that? That's Bombard. the bridge. That's the bridge. Well, that's the bridge. Oh, I think, right. I, well, I'm sorry. The bridge is below it. I I have to go back and look. I don't. They don't have like a Tesla coil or anything, if I remember. That's right. the Prussians. The Prussians have a Tesla coil. I had Prussians on the yeah. line. Yeah. Hey, this is that's a formidable size like model. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of the model I would expect them to want you to buy separately. But hey, if they're going to throw in the starter set, some good value. Yeah, that, that, that's, that starter set only retails for like a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, that prow is great. With Wait, the eagle out of the yeah. back with the shield, double-headed eagle. How's the how's the mold quality? It's hard to tell over the camera. It's, I've got no complaints. Like this resin is smooth, zero. Like there's. Some tiny fine bubbles right here, uh -huh. but nothing on the surface, nothing on the actual surface. Yeah, I mean, presumably the what the stuff they packed past QC, so you won't find like big occlusions or but, something. But... Well, so I think both of these are they're open cast. Yeah. Right. So there's mold on one side. Sure. So there's no major mold injection ports along the edge, and you can kind of see just right here, just a hair of like where the bottom of the miniature versus the top of the resin was. Sure. Yeah, very... I, I had a bit of that towards the uh, stern of mine, where if yeah. you looked at the very, very back of the ship, I, I noticed a little bit of that, particularly on the Enlightened ones. There's this, like, ribbed pattern at the back. Mm. Okay. I had a little little bit of cleaning oh, sure. in there. Yeah, that would be... Or just a little bit of cleaning, though. Like, not... not oh, yeah. It's, compared to a lot yeah. of other companies' resins, that's... Yeah, that's you can, fit, yeah, you can think... really tell, because it's not even flash connecting the, the uh, injection ports on the sprue. That's usually an indication yeah, of, of the mold not sealing well or whatever. Really nicely cast. So yeah, that Russian ship looks great as well. And then there's another gigantic um, ship for the Enlightened, which 
is equally as big as the other one. It doesn't have any battle whales, so I mean, I don't know. Useless. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Yeah, right. Um, similar bridge, or same bridge, exactly. Then I guess it has some sort of turrets here that might pull from another kit. Yeah, those are the uh, those are the generators. So oh, there's turret, there's the turrets and the um, the generators, which the generators are like passive or active effects you can use. Oh, cool! <laughs> Yugi's got it right. I'm not even sure why there are other factions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I can shoot whales at you, like the end. You know, like I I, I, I do appreciate they're they're going a little bit crazier than the, the old dystopian wars line had some really weird stuff in it like giant robots and yep. flying aircraft carriers i'm glad they've kept that yeah they, they they not only have kept it but they seem to have embraced it yeah yeah uh, no this is i mean as far as starter sets go for again for the price point like i said i think it's like a hundred bucks like that's a yeah something like that there's a lot of models of in there yeah and more importantly, one of them shoots whales, and not like shoots them to 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 kill the whale. The whale is the weapon. I approve. So there we go. And yeah, it looks like in the uh, in the the paper goods, we've got a starter rule book. Oh, what's that? Was that a movement Might... tool you just threw in there? Oh yeah, sorry. That... There is a movement template. There's a movement arc. And there is a, a round movement, like a, a range marker mm. of some sort. And then I don't know why there's more numbers on this side, but so it's um it's it's turning templates. So the, mm. the two big ones you've got right there, they um the two edge ones kind of stick together. I see. And then the one on top is the um turning template, and then the rest of it is like area effect and like gotcha, spray gotcha, weapons gotcha, and all gotcha. that. That is a right? so, like, giant blast marker. That is a giant blast marker if you think about it, right? Like, oh yeah, that's like a multiple ship-sized explosion. Boom! <laughs> so goes the cool little tool. And then paper goods. Here we go. We have. It looks like this is the little starter. Whoops! Quick reference, or the 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 I guess the intro rules, right? The read this first to figure it out. Yeah, that's. I think that's new. Mine didn't come with that. There you go. Yeah. So this has. Yeah. Like, there's, okay. There's your instructions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mine didn't. Mine didn't come with that. This is a. The Descartes. Descartes. Yeah. Class control ship. I'm glad they added that. Oh, here we go. So yeah, here's the 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 Borodino control ship. So this is the Russian ship in those three spots. It says you can use any of these plastic. Kits when there's their identification number. Success. All right. Well, if yours does not have that, because you got it from a distributor before they put this in the box, then you can go online. Well, it's funny because I got it from my LGS and my LGS got it direct from War Cradle on release. Yeah, yeah. What, what I was saying. So I have that stuff. Yeah. Like the first wave oh, yeah, probably didn't have it. Right. So if you if you get it later and it's like from distributor old stock or from your LGS or something. Where it doesn't have this is all available online, but apparently our copy had the thing. Very cool. Great. This looks this looks awesome. We're building this. And then we've got some terrain, which is looks like more battle whales. So it's it's better than that because one of the Russian ships can deploy icebergs. Okay, deploy I withdraw ice... my complaint. 
<laughs> yeah, it's basically like there's a thing like it, it can just one one of the things is one of the Russian like unique generators that can just make an iceberg. Excellent. Oh, that's cool. So these these tokens are the good. Well, it feels like two millimeter thick board game cardboard that has the uh, that has like the linen finish on it. It's like high quality stuff. And then yeah, so maybe these are whale tokens for when you, when you shoot them in the game. I have no idea because I haven't read the rules yet. Um, I will on the icebergs. That all looks nice. Two sheets of condition tokens. Great. So John can have his own. I do appreciate that they gave you two copies of all this stuff because it's a two-player starter set. I do wish it came with two copies of the court of the rule book, but I'll, I'll get over that. Yeah. It's all right. The, 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 the rule book is free. Yeah. So I mean, no, well, there you go. just download another copy. Uh, so one nice thing here is that there's a version number, 1.01. So hey. it makes it easy to know if the it's rule like, book you're looking at is out of date. It's like folks learn from the software industry. I wonder if they use right. they use the Scrum and Agile to make this. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Hopefully, I didn't give anybody a heart attack in chat. Yeah. So yeah, the, there's there's the example of the uh, the template. That is a big template. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a really nice quality book here. Nice glossy pages. It's paperback. It's thick. It's 143 pages. Cool. There you have it. I will be uh, building that. And <laughs> yeah, building that, and we'll be playing some games. Very cool. So, Nick, why don't you do us a little favor, Nick? Why don't you pick a magic word right now that we can have some of these people play, and we will uh, we'll have work. It'll send them a starter pack. I'm sorry. What am I doing? So you're, you're going to pick a word for people We're to type in the chat. chat Just any word, any word at all. Any any word at all. And Sing, so, single, uh, single word. Watching, yeah, that that yeah, you feel comfortable saying on air. We'll type in that word, and our bot will pick one of them to uh, get the two players starter pack. Well, if it's dystopian words, how about dystopian? There we go. Type in dystopian, D Y S T O P I A N. It's it's right right there. Oh no, John took it away. It is right there. In case you're curious how to spell it, and in a few seconds here, we'll have our bot. Do the thing to, to send someone another game because you know we all need more games and more toys. All, all right, the here time. we go. Who gets oh, it? We always Who gets need it? More boxes of stuff. There. All right, hit the button. It's Obi. Obi. Congratulations, Obi. <laughs> so uh, Obi can paint up some whales now. Right. That's great. So yeah, Obadiah, I'll go ahead and send your information over to our contact at Whaling Games, and they are going to be. Sending you some uh, some cool toys. <laughs> Insider trading. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. And, and Obi, who is coming up next week to visit us, can't even go home with my copy because I had them send. You know, they're going to send it directly. Yep. So well, there you go. Congratulations, Obi. Yay. Well, let's talk about other stuff that we've built. Yeah, let's let's get into some hobby time. All right, so I've been cranking away on building pewter, and because I'm a masochist and I wanted sand, uh, lizard sand riders, I went ahead and sculpted tiny little cloaks and masks on a dozen of the southern uh, sand rider miniatures. That was that was 
fun. I had to basically clip off their shoulder pads, clip off the front half of their face, and throw out some green stuff. Uh, yeah, Nick is laughing at me. No, no, no that's I, I, I've seen I've seen worse on the insanity scale. No, oh, yeah, this is. I mean, this, this is this is, is run of the mill, Adam. So yeah, yeah, this is typical. Um, and then I went ahead and threw together my Northern Special Forces squad with the the two black cats there and the two panthers. I went with the panthers with the medium auto cannons because precise, silent medium auto cannons on something that deploys halfway up the table. That's gross. Is kind of kind of good. I, I don't I don't see a black cat sniper though. So I I was looking at the black cat sniper and the kneeling one firing the HRF is super cool, but. I feel like the Black Cat Sniper doesn't really synergize with anything I need it to actually do. Oh, that's fair. I just it's a cool looking model. Yeah, no, it looks it looks badass. And trust me, it was the the longest model that it took me to assemble was the kneeling one with the uh, with the uh, pack gun because I was like, well, do I really just want to give it a pack gun. That HRF looks so cool, but good old utility one. Good old uh, submachine gun, though. Yeah, I mean it's a rad looking SMG, and you know again for deploying extremely good EC or electronic warfare guy with a target designator. It just seemed like the, the, the smart choice to make. Plus I can run all four of them together actually pretty effectively. Yeah. So I went with that. If I decide I need them with heavy rifles, I'll pick up another box because I wanting I was wanting to do it with the Panthers, but then I'm like, well, I've already got my, my Jaguar pathfinders that I've made and they're kind of doing the same. Thing. But yeah. Both them happy with both of them. The well, welcome to North. You have so many choices. Yeah. Oh my god, it's absurd. I am. Um, I am glad to be like, not playing Polar Forces. Right. Yeah. No. It's save yourself, man. Um, the 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 newer sculpts though of both the Northern Mountaineering Squad and I think this Special Operations Squad is a newer sculpt as well. Uh, maybe not as new, but they they seem to build a lot better than. The older tigers, jaguar, pewter tigers, jaguars, lynx, and so on. Um, really nice little kit. Cool. Dream, Dream Pod Nine medals tend to be pretty good at what they do. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, for sure. And what else do? Oh yeah. So um, because of what we talked about last week, where clams are coming down in cost, you know, they're dropping a point of armor, but that point of armor, that that tenth point is like four points in their cost. So bringing it down to 17 actually makes Clem pretty worthwhile. They're more expensive than a crossbow or a crossbow grizzly, but they're a lot more survivable. Uh, they're all broken. So though. I went ahead they're and they're on the ground. Why are your what tanks on the ground, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, did their hover jets give out? What's the matter, man? The other thing with the Clem going down a little bit in cost is it moves it to a rather unoccupied bracket of points in the faction. There's yeah. not as much stuff in that 17-point bracket, whereas there's a lot more stuff in that low 20s. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like the 17-point the bracket and like the 14-point bracket is a little bit low in, in North. And kind of, there's a couple things in between, but yeah, so that's it just is a lot more usable, and I'm actually considering maybe taking four some game. I've because who doesn't want four armor? Well, yeah, but do John, they're armor nine. That's fair. Like yeah. you guys are armor set. I mean, they only have like a, they have a, a medium auto cannon, and then a medium anti tank missile that's auxiliary. 
the anti-tank missile kind of helps them a lot. The medium auto cannon by itself isn't quite that impressive no. a firepower. But, I mean, seven, but, but 17 points, armor 9. The, the jump from 8 to 9 is a lot more impactful than the jump from 9 to 10. Yeah. In terms of yeah. like just gameplay interaction. Uh, so they, they, they didn't drop to like critical levels. Sure. But sure, sure. now you're four points cheaper, which is over the course of, you know, that two clems is you're, you're, you're picking up eight points. That's a that's a hunter of some kind. That's a, a light trooper. Yeah, it's it is it is significant. So because of that, I I took the turret that I was saving for um for for my my future uh my future duelist and went ahead and magnetized it because I could actually see running four clem. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I'm going to use uh, I'll probably just have Robert cast me up one. Um, I'm going to definitely be using a Clem turret as the head for my Hussar for my Hussar duelist named Tankface. It's going to happen. All right. <laughs> yeah, replace the little auto cannon with the machine gun that the that the uh, Hussar has anyways. Perfect. Tankface. You'll you'll learn to fear him, John. Okay, I'll just I'll just ignore if you, him. If you, if you do as a Hussar sphere, you could swap the rocket packs out for the anti tank missiles too. It'll be magnetizable, so hey, even better. <laughs> yeah, and it very well could be a Batman villain. If you haven't gotten a Hussar yet, great thing about that kit is um you don't magnetize the guns. The entire turret mount it comes with four of them. Yeah, it comes with the with the horizontal bit as well. Mm-hmm. So you can literally just you just have to magnetize the turret and you have four turrets. One oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I have I have one in my I, build I was, pile. So I was I was very much wishing Robert was as uh, generous with the Thunderhammer weapon brackets. But no, on the Hussar, that's that's brilliant. Fantastic. And then the, the last thing I built is a little bit of a throwback. Here we go. Two models, uh, two Inc. 54 models that I've been wanting. Oh, those are beautiful. Freaking ever. Right, so we've got Lady Jenna on the left and the Navigator Novalite on the right, and they're these are bottles that I've been holding out on forever. Managed to get them at a good deal, um, and I'm very happy to add them to my collection. I have, I think, all but oh, probably all but eight or nine Ink Fifty Four miniatures now. What are and you going to play ones, with your with your shiny toys, dude? I I and know your, I your dreadnought size Space Marine. Right, it's so good. It weighs a freaking ton. Um, yeah, so these are models in particular that I've just wanted to paint forever. So they might be some of the first ones that I that I paint for Inquisitor. But I'm just, you know just slowly just fleshing out the collection. One of these days I'll get the the civilian crime lord that usually goes for like three to five hundred dollars on eBay. <laughs> because it was it was only out for like a couple months before they just pulled the plug on the game. You know, kind of like the the last set for Netrunner. Uh, for Netrunner, yeah. exactly. Like not because it's like good. Nothing is good in the game. It's like a role playing game, right? You know, but it's just because the, the stock is very low. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I've been building. Well, cool. Super stoked on that Navigator and Lady Lady Jenna. <laughs> it is pretty. So they're they're beautiful. I'm very jealous, actually. Yeah, they're great sculpts, man. The, the, one of these days, I hope GW brings back. Ink 54, if anything, because the models are just, you know, the, the people who are out there that are like professional painters, they like the 54 to 75 millimeter scale. And like these models are great for it. So 
for all that GW claims to be a model company, they don't do a lot of stuff like that. It's like, why not do your character series in like 54, 75 millimeter? Yeah, right. Like they, they exactly. We're a miniatures company, but we only make miniatures that are directly usable in, immediately in one of the games we produce. But it's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. Instead, I'm just going to slowly work on my Inquisitor collection. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, John, what have you been working on? Well, uh, I have been working on all of these sub assemblies for all of the annoying parts for the Cosmica cubes, but they're done now. I finished them. So they're finally complete. Uh, and then I actually went through and I uh, assembled a bunch of the Apollo station terrain that Muse on Mini makes and that you and Dan designed. Uh, and so this is the beginnings of that table that I'm putting together. So that's a. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, they're they're not this is not the best terrain to assemble, um, but it looks fantastic, so it's it's worth it. Um, thanks. I I they took it took probably like two weeks to put together, um, but the game plan for this is this is not what the final table will look like. I literally just finished all the stuff on you see here right before I took the picture, and I was like I want to see it on the table, so I just like shoved all my Ariadne stuff to the side and slapped it down. What this will end up being is I'll have less of the enormous rooms and I'll have uh, probably maybe like half to a third covered in corridors and the rest will be a wrecked spaceship. So it's like a spaceship that just got blown up right next to a space station over, you know, over a planet on the dark side of the planet. Um, and the game plan is to have so the cool. cubes elevated so they'll block a lot of line of fire on the rooftops, which is kind of a problem uh, for this table. There's not a lot of stuff. There's plenty of things that block line of sight at the ground level. Like there's no, basically no shot from table edge to table edge. You have to be in the corridors to get that. And then you can put like boxes and crates in there to sort of break up those lines of fire. Uh, but there's really nothing on top. So we had previously discussed uh, designing some 3D printable modules to put into like the hexagon shaped skylights um, to br break that up, maybe like a, you know, asteroid defense battery or something. But I figured yeah, it would yeah. be reasonable to just have a bunch of storage cubes floating in space, just like sync to the same orbit that the um, that the space station is in, right? Just like have some storage outside of it. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some, I think Litco makes some like little uh, acrylic standees you can put stuff on. Uh, it's for um, uh, Twilight Imperium, so you can like put your ships on it, but I was going to repurpose it. There's somewhere in my house, I got to find them. But the idea is then that uh, the cubes won't block line of fire at the ground level or I guess the space floor level and allow you to shoot under them, but they'll block a lot, of, a lot of line of fire at the top. But they'll still be short enough so you can long so you can long skill jump from the surface of the mat to the bottom of the cube and land on a ladder. So you can still interact with it. So that's, that's the game plan. That's my game plan for how that's going to work. So we'll that's see how really it goes. cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm in the middle of masking all of the stupid lines on the destroyed spaceship terrain that I bought. It's all, it's all primed. Uh, I got some like difference clouds kind of stuff going with rattle cans. And then I just got to mask off all the, you know, the caution lines and stuff and then spray paint it again and then do all the detail work. So we'll see how long this takes. I'm, I'm trying to chuck through it as quickly as possible. Uh, but that's what I've been working on. What about you, Nick? <laughs> um, I have been working through some heavy gear backlog. Oh. Uh, I got some port stuff. Not not exciting. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Uh, I've been working on some Port Arthur stuff. So it's two MHT-72s, two 68s, a 95, and an LHT-70. Ooh, I love that camo pad. It looks uh, really play, good. Get, does play, Port Arthur play, get all the tanks? Port Arthur gets all the tanks that don't have an ANN. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And if you're wondering how they get the new stuff, um, we've actually... Part of the reason I haven't been doing a lot of hobbying is the Force Compendium for Blitzes on the, is in progress. And there's been some additional writing that's been going in with that. And part of it is, you know, why does Port Arthur get access to the new toys again? Because they get the MHT-95, they get the F-616 mm-hmm. frame. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't take the, uh, the ANN upgrade or the Flail Crew upgrade. So yep. they get a lot of that stuff. Very but, cool. Those look great. Yeah, bunch of variants. Um, I even swung for the uh, Raider variants with the pulse lasers. Ooh, yeah, I want to try mm-hmm. those out. I think it'd be fun to try. It's out. a linked pulse laser, right? Uh, it is a linked pulse laser. Delicious. Gross. And then the uh, 71 was built as the assault with the rotary cannon because new coal. Mm. Drop yeah, it no, down. I really like cannon, frags. For for my new coal, even though I'm not doing uh, I'm not doing pack, but I am doing. Kata, but I still get access to the LHTs. And I'm really loving the idea of an LHT with a rotary cannon. It is really cool. Um, I also like it because they're different from the Fusilier. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fusilier just doesn't die. Whereas the yeah. LHTs have a little more firepower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the LHTs, LHTs crumple under under uh, concerted fire. Mm-hmm. It's much to my chagrin, but oh well. But they hit a little bit harder than the Fusilier, so the trade-off. They do hit. Yeah, this hard. is why this is this is why Kata is happening next. Yeah, because I want a combined armor force, and they get they get more infantry varieties than any other army in the game, mm-hmm. right? Because I get I get Grells, I get basic infantry, I get Sandriders, I get Sandriders on lizards, I get Barnabies, which aren't really infantry. Same thing with Armadillo beasts, but they look like it. Um, yeah, so they just get a mountain of different infantry choices, and they have the the new coal tanks plus the heteroi, which is probably my favorite tank model in the entire game. And they still get LHTs, so it's like a, a really big variety of infantry and tanks. And then obviously they still get gears. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if you look at it, new coal between Port Arthur and Cata, those two are the sublists that have the most options. Well, sure, because Kata can take anything from anything as long, or, you know, north-south, uh, PRDF, or Nucle, mm-hmm. as long as it's a duelist. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Black Talons have more allies. Yeah. But Nucle goes a little deeper with them, because, like, the Black Talons, you're, you're still running the insertion teams and all that. You're going to have a little bit of allied detachments. Nucle is just like, hey, new sublist, everybody gets a completely new thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you also have like the the Humanist Alliance, which is this is all of New Coal plus all of South minus the Drake. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> it? It is. I thought there was something else. There might be one more model they don't get. Just like a, I, I mean, yeah. like, oh no, it's King Cobra, King Cobras, and the Drake. That's what I thought. There, there, there was something else on that list. Yeah, but I mean, like, like that's not blue. not really a big thing to worry <clears> about, you know. You're swapping King Cobras for Arbla Stryers. You're swapping Hussars for Drakes. Yep. Personally, I yeah. take that trade. And and they they get you know they get additional upgrades. I think for the for the Dragon variants and the Sagittarius variants. Um, so Fun you, fact: probably... Fire Dragon is massively underrated. Yeah. I really like the Fire Dragon and AM AMS and New Coal is insanity sometimes. 
I've I've been looking at uh, the fire dragon is also one of my duelists. So <laughs> I, I run run in my NSDF a lot. Uh-huh. And in NSDF, you can just hand agile out to anything. That's a gear. Oh yeah. So stuff like Arbalestriders and Jerboas, which don't come stock with it, all of a sudden now have Agile around an AMS bot. So if you yeah. want to try and indirect it off the table, it just doesn't work. That's brutal. Yeah, it's going to get that reroll. Yep. And then the the Agile. And then Agile on probably 4d6 because Jerboa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gross. Don't do it. Not even it. once. I mean, the trade-off is you you hit like a wet paper bag, but you know, hey. That's okay. Depending on what objectives you take. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, talk a bit about games. Um, I I didn't play any. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the first to cough that up. It's been a busy week. Family in town. My mom's in town. My sister-in-law's in town with their kids. No games. Sorry. <laughs> I played some non-miniature <laughs> games. Uh, oh, what'd you play? Crying Sons was on uh, on sale on Steam, and I like spaceship games, so I bought it. It's decent. It's a kind of a it's a roguelike, sorry, roguelite um, oh. uh, game where you just like explore a star system, and you have a little spaceship that spawns more spaceships, and you pew pew at each other. It's it's fine. It's fine. Is it the best game I've ever played? No. It's 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 sort of um, reminds me of a little bit of the old Facebook like click you have to click a million times to do stuff because the interesting part of the game is is like upgrading your squadrons and like actually fighting it out on the hex map that is the space battle uh, but then there's like a lot of stuff that's like uh, you arrive at a new system and then there's like a, a ship that like a civilian ship that's requesting your help and they there's like you have to click through all this dialogue um, and sometimes right. they give you free stuff sometimes they blow you up. Uh, but most of the time, I'm just like now, it's just like just keep going so I can get to the part where I do things. So it's kind of a, a bit of a disappointment in that regard because it recycles a lot of the random encounters a bunch. Um, so there's I that. See, I see. Yeah, and then I bought Into the Breach as well just to have something else, and that's a sort of um, Advance Wars ish. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Seems fine. It's been it's been a nice little uh, you know forty five minutes before bed sort of thing. To just crunch through a few, yeah. few space battles and then and then call it quits. Man, I played the shit out of Advance Wars on Game Boy Color, like senior year of high school. Right. <laughs> I, I I have it emulated on my phone. Oh, excellent. There you go. There you go. I, I, I my my phone is literally a fo- like mostly just game emulators. That's that's the I have. Uh, it's funny, Jean, who considers herself quite the gamer girl. Um, I have two handheld emulators, so like. Her her gaming experience right now is like she's really big on the Little Mermaid from NES, mm. which yeah. was actually a, it was actually an enjoyable game, um, and is easy enough for a four year old to figure it out. So I can't complain too much. She also likes Sonic, but I don't think she's got past the first world. Uh, but she enjoys <laughs> it. So yeah, no, she's gonna she's gonna learn. Like there's no saving in games. There's no. <laughs> What you is this beginning? Yeah, you can't hit F6 to You run, run out of lives. You run out of lives, you game over and have to restart the whole thing. Yeah, yeah no, the game is over. The game has told you it is over. You're done. The game let you know. Like, you didn't do it. Sorry. Try again. Important life lessons. 
<laughs> Nick, have you? Uh, what have you been playing? Um, so I've done a couple of heavy gear demos. Oh, nice. That was fun. Um, I ran a 40k tournament last weekend. I'm running a Digimon TCG tournament this weekend. Wow. Scattered in between this, we're working on Force Compendium and Mass Effect Ultimate Legendary Edition thingy launch, so I've been playing that too. That's right. I was looking at that. I was wondering whether I was going to get into that, but because uh, I, I, you know, I stopped playing video games like late in graduate school. So uh, aside from like Destiny, well, I mean, gra- graduate school. Yeah, of course you're stopped. Yeah, so. life life stops. Life does stop. Yeah, it's just this like black hole in my in my life history. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's you know, I, I, I missed out on, on that, uh, that era of gaming, I suppose. Well, there you go. Just to make Frank cry, I'll probably say I've played precisely zero seconds of Mass Effect in my life. That's, that's not true for me. I played a little bit on, on the 360, but almost zero. Almost <laughs> zero. All right. Well, it is, uh, it is now that time. Because, you know, we always like to give away as much stuff as we possibly can here. It is time to give away our uh, Mythic sponsorship for the week. So here comes $10 to one lucky listener. All you have to do is say the second magic word that we're going to make Nick come up with for the night. And I promise Nick is probably the last magic word. So uh, come up with a thing and Obi, you can't win. And... Let's find a magic word. Looking around, um, oh, I got my dog here. My dog's name is Stella. S T E L L A. There we go. There you go. go All right, one. Stella. It's also a fan of streetcar named Desire. It's a it's a name that happened there too. That's that's mostly what I'm my my reference for Stella. And actually, I used to have a bird named Stella, which is named after Stella from a streetcar named Desire. But that's fine. I. Like old movies and stuff. She she's this really weird mix of lab and we think pointer. Oh, interesting. Very very fine featured, but somewhat small for a lab. All right. Well, well, excellent. Go ahead and push that button. Well, congratulations to Melanie. Hey, Melanie. Congratulations. I'll go ahead and shoot you a PM right now. Get your deets and send them over to Ruben so he can give you prizes. Prizes, prizes, prizes. Yay. Thank you, everyone. Well, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and thank you to Mythic Games. Um, He carries Infinity. I think he's going to start carrying Heavy Gear. I know he's been looking into it. And he's a, a, a great store owner on the West Coast in Santa Cruz. Can't recommend him enough. On top of that, he is a really freaking good Infinity player, so... You know, go take your ten dollars and buy more than ten dollars of the stuff. Support him. Keep his store running. And he offers he offers in store pickup if you don't want to pay shipping. Because uh, you know, if you're out that way. Well, excellent. I will go ahead and uh yeah, send that information. Cool. So but that's it. It's the main event. Let's talk about oh yeah, and they're doing a uh, June tournament over at um Mythic Games. So, well, cool. Let's get on here. Speaking of tournaments, John, Nick, and I, during the development of Heavy Gear 3.0, kind of started talking to each other, saying, like, we need something as robust as the Infinity, uh, the ITS system uh, for Heavy Gear. 
And that got us kind of pitching ideas back and forth on how we could score, but how we don't lose the things that make heavy gear, you know, unique and interesting. And so we, we, you know, argued and, and pitched ideas and eventually came to a system where effectively we're, we're, um, adding a common objective on top of the normally generated game objectives. So you can find this over at uh, Lumbering Sprocket, which is John's other, other, other blog. <laughs> yep, you can find it at Lumbering Sprocket. Just click the HDB tournament system. Um, it's important to note that uh, Nick is doing this as a, as a private citizen and not as an employee of DP9. So that's the thing uh, we, should, we should definitely mention. Um, so, you know, this is not endorsed by DP9 at all. Uh, it's just, you know, Adam and Nick and my sort of, uh, fan project, I guess you could say, uh, yep. You can get it here. World tournament, world tournament players. We all kind of agree that, yeah, tournament scenes are helpful they are. as much as some people kind of put on a tournament scene. They think, oh, it's all these evil competitive players. Eh, I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah. Well, it's. One of the things I really enjoy about the this is the the Infinity Tournament system does this, and um, same thing even when I was playing 40k the uh, the ITC. What you what it's really what we're really trying to do is create a kind of a common framework for Infinity tournaments. Like, and obviously people can deviate and do whatever the hell they want. They don't have to use this, right? This is unofficial, um, but create a common language and framework around competitive heavy gear play so that we can discuss in a way with a common context with other players around the world. Like that's one of the great things about Infinity because the Infinity ITS system is so widely used. You can have a conversation with people everywhere and already have the context of understanding of what you're building the missions for and why. Yeah, so when a pandemic happens and you end up playing a lot of games online against people around the world, it's not a massive you know, impedance mismatch. Like people can play games together. There's meta differences, but those are largely based on playstyle, faction, you know, matchups that we typically see and tables. And not like, I've never played this mission this way. That doesn't make any sense to me. The missions are standardized. You know, they all speak the same gaming language uh, and you can get right to it. So if you want to pick this up, go to lumberingsprocket.com. Like we said before, here's the PDF. You just click on that or on the button below. Uh, if you play a game, and you want to let us know how it went, please send us reports. Uh, we would love to get um, uh, email with pictures of your game at mailbag at latenightwargames.com. If you want to just enter the um, the game results, you can do that. So we've got a whole Google spreadsheet, I mean, Google Forms thing for you to use. Uh, so you can go ahead and fill that in and let us know how it went so we can collect some data and see what missions need some more tweaking. Um, yep, uh, Adam's also put together a bunch of lovely uh, objective cards, right? So... You can print these out and get the secondary objective cards. These are like hold and capture, uh, just like the ones that we've talked about basically in every other episode of Heavy Gear. Uh, just a quick reference, uh, and you can you can print them out and have them by your side for when you are playing your game and want to reference what they are without thumbing through the book if you print it out or um, or uh, uh, through the PDF. So that's the thing. Yeah, we're we're hopefully going to get some of these printed out and uh, maybe give them away to people to our events, so like that you can use. Um, I forgot the website now to get to get cards printed, but uh, drive through cards is there's, one. There's, 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 there's a, a bunch. whole bunch of them. Yeah, drive through cards. So that doc should be set up already. The way it's set up right now is the PDF is it has the the bleed already in it, so you should be able to send that doc straight to whatever printer you want to use and print out cards for yourself. Yep. 
And eventually we'll figure go. that out because we got to do that for ourselves and we'll post a little guide on how to do that. Uh, and if you have, you know, if you use a different company, you want to talk about how that works for them, we're happy to post that there too. This is sort of like fan-driven crowdsourced. So please send stuff in, especially if you have, if you have, um, if you have bug reports or, uh, or, you know, typo stuff that you want us to address or some clarity issues, please let us know. Uh, we're going to try to treat this as like a, software release schedule. So like every other week, maybe we'll release a new PDF and we'll just sort of batch up all the, the edits so we're not constantly uploading new files. Um, so that way, and then eventually we'll yeah. transition into a, a, a um, uh, from from alpha to beta and then eventually to like a season, just like ITS. And we'll see how well that goes. Right, and once we, once we get it to a, I guess a proper season, I'll take the time to format the book nicely. Yeah. Right now, the PDF is just a PDF generated out of Google Docs, uh, because if we find a bunch of things and I have to start shifting things in pages, that becomes a real nightmare if I've already set it up in InDesign. So, yeah, so the goal is um, play these missions, get feedback and send them in so that we can process as much of that feedback as possible before doing a more official release yeah. or I guess a more final release. But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the basic concepts here. So, you know, heavy gear, uh, for those who don't know already, one of the, the big things about it is that you pick your objectives when you make your list. Or not when you make your list, but you build your list in a way that allows you to pick the objectives you want when you set up the game, which is really cool. And that is something that is unlike any other miniature game that I, I have ever played. But it's something that's been a part of heavy gear, geez, at least since I think Locked and Loaded. It's, it's been there a while. Yeah, and it's really cool. So you can play a, an army that's more focused on recon, and the missions you'll pick, you'll start picking some recon-based missions. Where if you play an army that's more about you know shooting, you'll pick your shooting missions. So then you could play your shooting army against my recon army, and it's my ability to do recon compared against your ability to do shooting, which is a pretty cool system. But um, we think that for a tournament, it's really fun to have more um it gets boring it get, yeah it gets kind of boring completely honest um so, so the cool thing about it is it, it's a one-off game with the system is actually a lot of fun yeah when you've got four five six games in a row and you're playing with the same army yeah you're gonna be doing the same missions you, you need something to freshen it up because it just gets mind numbing after a while. Yeah, I, I change, you know, I change armies constantly. I'm, I'm constantly tweaking armies and playing around with them. You know, very rarely do I play the same game twice in a row. <laughs> right. So, and yeah, some kind of something else need, kind of needs to be there. It also presents new optimization puzzles. You know, right? Like you build, you might build your list extremely well optimized for the three missions you play, which is great. Like that's that's the correct thing to do if you're trying to win. On those parameters but now if suddenly you also have to do that on top of um you know like the, the controlling an area of the map like well you know my my fast troops that i was using just to grab break the line and let them die like that's not actually helping me seize control of the map now yeah. so you have to kind of balance your own objectives against the common objectives yeah also um, it forces more interactivity right so um basically yeah. in the last you know 10 or so games that i've played against adam uh, I was intentionally designing lists to not interact with Adam as much as possible. So, you, you know, you would right. bring like the biggest, chalkiest, shootiest thing. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I just won't let you shoot at me and I'll hide in this corner. 
And uh, I'll only send out and expose the things that I need to accomplish my objectives. And once that's done, I'll run them away so you can't get any points from them. And then you'll just sit there kind of impotent, sad, just like thrashing around in the background and like nothing's happening. My right? mammoth. Yeah, like, like you, you know. Something. Yeah, like that, let that me shoot a thing. That actually, let's say that actually does highlight another point. The, uh, the current Blitz system, everybody can score six points at yep. 150 TV. Yep. Which means one point is very important and it means ties are actually somewhat common yes whereas if you look at this document that shared mission is worth double what these normal missions are and the scoring is exclusive if i get exactly. it you don't right yeah i think there are very few things where it's like if you score the same number of something you both get two points um but yeah there will be less there's less ties i think built into that system um, but the cool thing is you still get the majority of your points from doing the missions that you've picked. Yes. Right. Yeah, that, so, that system's still there. Yeah, the breakdown is that you, you still generate your three missions at 150 points like normal. So you're still getting six of your points per game from those three missions. And then the common mission that we introduce on top of each of these is worth four points. And all of those common missions work within the scope of the game. If you know how to play Heavy Gear Blitz, this is not... You don't have to relearn it. Yeah, it right. It's the same language. It's the same terminology. It's the same phrasing. Um, Adam, you mentioned 40K ITC a while ago. When ITC existed as its own independent rule set, it doesn't right now. They um, they, they finally, GW got together with them and the guys who did um, Nova and oh. actually made a mission pack that is tournament playable as is. Oh, gotcha. Mo mostly. It's got, it's got some issues in my opinion. But <laughs> When they had the ITC, the ITC played completely differently than what regular 40k played as. Yeah. If you if you knew how to play a 40k mission, none of that mattered for ITC. Correct, correct. That statement is not true here. Much like the Infinity ITS, if you know how to play the base game, if you know the core rules, this isn't anything beyond that. Yep. So uh, we... To do this, we introduced a couple of new concepts. I think two of them, the more interesting concepts, are new types of objectives. So you've got the, the standard hold objectives or the capture objectives, as they're called now, in uh, heavy gear, as long as well as the you know, the targets for break the line and etc. But so the two that we've added are a scan objective and a secure asset marker, or I guess a scan marker and a secure asset marker. So a scan marker works probably pretty unsurprisingly like a marker that you need to perform the scan ability on. That's it. You can think of it in, in infinity terms as a console you have to go push the button on, except this you can do it at longer range, but can also be jammed. And your attempts can be shut down by your opponent uh, trying to do it. So that was one new objective type that we added. And then the other one is this uh, secure asset marker, which if you can think of the, um, the supply crate in infinity, you're, you're dead on. It is a marker on the table that you can pick up and move, uh, but to pick it up, you have to move into base contact with it and spend an action. So that right there is basically, those are like the biggest changes I think we made to the, to the rules, is we added two different ways to interact with objective markers. Other than um, the, the usual there, there's one markers. more. The, um, the control, control sectors have been added. Yeah, so a control sector sure. is basically, it's an area you score, it's scored based off of TV in the area. Um, there aren't yeah. really anything like that right now in Blitz, but that's, that's true, yeah. not too much. Actually, during the early Blitz 3.0 beta testing, 
when the missions came up, there was discussion about like, you know, we don't have a quadrant control or something. So like th this was something that had been bandied about at that time. Right. So yeah, and and that this works, you know, like you said, kind of like in infinity, right? When you have to just control a quadrant, whoever has most points in there. One big differentiator though is that there's no private information in heavy gear. So you know how many points are there yep. and how to counter it. So that's that's gonna be interesting. But with the alternating activation, I think it's less of an issue. Where in infinity, you know, if you go second and you know how many points are everywhere, it's a lot easier for you to figure out mm -hmm. where to move things. So the alternating activation will mitigate that quite a bit, I think. Yeah. It also does put a little more emphasis on commanders, ranking yeah. commanders, where any little bit of initiative bonus you can get is going to be helpful. Being able to control the activation flow of the game is, you can do a lot with that. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about the uh, the first mission, which we call High Ground. Uh, some of these missions might sound a little bit familiar. Uh, can, can, I, can I call us back for a moment before we go oh, to yeah, the Oh, yeah, yeah, missions? sure, let's do it. So um, if you read the doc, there's a bunch of preamble stuff at the start. It's just normal tournament stuff. Here's how ref here's how ref calls work. Here's how number of tournament rounds work. One thing that is important is this is a multi-list format, which is yeah. true for Infinity. It's true for War Machine and Hordes. It's true for the Battlefront games. There aren't really a lot of other game systems that do this. So if you're coming from not one of those, right? If you're coming from 40k, for example, you'll you're used to bringing this is my my take all comers list, mm -hmm. and you don't have to do that here. Yeah, you can take you can build two lists. They have to be the same faction. They, as of right now, need to be different sublists. Um, which, you know, flexibility. You can say no to that. Um, that I know that was a, a point of discussion in our internal. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think for now the as long as they're the same faction, because the sublists are less generally less dramatic than they are in Infinity. Yeah, they're less restrictive by a lot. There, there yeah. are they're also. If you limit it to one sublist, it really hurts the small factions. Eating, yeah, my, my Utopia, black talents. black talents are not happy about this if they're limited to just the one sublist. But before a game starts, you're familiar with what you get to know what faction your opponent's playing, what table you're on, what mission it is, and you get to pick a list based on that. And then once you've done that, you can share information and all that. So there's still a little metagaminess to it. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't go quite as far as like um, War Machine has full information beforehand, and it creates a meta within the meta of list selection. Oh, interesting. Um, where it's like, okay, I know you have this, you know I have this. There's this yeah, almost like this meta game around that, which is really cool. But some people get really turned off by it. Sure, wasn't there a sidebar mechanic back in the day for for War Machine? They still have it. It's just a variant, not default. Okay. Got it. And it was really only only used if you were running one list was the most common one. We don't we don't we don't do any of that stuff. Thing, yeah, I think yeah, also partially for like the the sake of both stress and like pick a damn list, let's play the damn game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to point that out because as we're yeah. going through these, don't have to expect to have a don't don't expect to go into this and say, well, I. You don't know what you're playing. You need one list to do all these things. 150 points in heavy gear is not as much as it sounds like. Yeah, no. You'll run out of so, points real fast. Yeah, so trying to do everything with one one army just isn't viable. So as we're talking through these, keep in mind that there's a there's a two-list aspect here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
you can obviously you know, optimize whichever way you, you feel appropriate. Yeah, and, and there's no requirement to play each list one time or whatever. It's no, just yeah, if you want to take your same list. list all your games, that's totally fine. So, uh, sorry, tangent. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, the, while we're here, though, um, the usual stuff is here, right? So just talking about proxy rules, um, you know, most of the miniature has to be from DP9. Uh, if you if you find a cool widget that you want to make your guy look cooler and stick him on there, that's fine, right? Um, WYSIWYG as close as you can get it. Um, and then of course, just talking about how the TO organizes things, what the, the format of the event is, how to keep score, what happens when there's an odd number of players, all that jazz is in there. We won't bore you with the details. It is straight up a copy of ITS 12 uh, with uh, adaptations for uh, it to be relevant in heavy gear. Um, but all the new uh, scoring stuff is in there for tournament points. So uh, if you've been watching our ITS season 12 breakdowns, you'll, you know, get a lot of a lot of that too. So that'll yeah. That's and when all. he says when when he says uh, straight out of Infinity ITS, I literally copied and pasted. Yeah, yeah. I just noticed there, there, there's some references to Trooper and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need <laughs> to go um, back. And, I got most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that I actually just thought about that's not there yet, and I'm sorry if my camera looks like it's having a little bit of a freak out here, um, is there's no chess clock rules, which yeah. might need to be a thing. But that's not a thing that's been sorted out yet. Oh, like yeah, adding them or having rules about that. how to use them? So chess clocks are one of those things that help things not be an issue. Um, and just how that works, because some people, when you explain it, it makes sense. But some people wish to interpret it very different ways. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with my camera right now. That's weird. I, I... I will say this is this might be something that we uh, we we put out to the community and test and maybe as an optional rule. I generally have a very strong aversion. Uh, we can certainly clocks. provide guidance it, on how it, to use chess clocks. It should yeah. never it should never be necessary, but right. none of the rules should actually be necessary for sportsmanship or anything like that. That's also a that doesn't mean they shouldn't exist. I'm yeah. gonna uh, let me see if I can wanna... pop off my camera here. Yeah, yeah, turn on. Turn it off and turn it back on again. That's how everything um, works, right? Yeah, exactly. There it goes. So hey, May yeah. maybe. Maybe. Looks good. Looks good. Seems kind of functional. Okay. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you're familiar with Infinity ITS, this is this should be familiar. Yeah. <laughs> At least all of the the mechanics of of the events. Yes. All right. So we're talking about ITS so... is very similar to a lot of other events too. It's yeah. like yeah, you know, exactly. Swiss, you have Swiss format. You track victory points. It's, it's fine. Cool. So let's let's move down to this first mission. We can kind of break down the format a little bit and maybe lightly go over the various ones. So the first mission is high ground. Standard deployment rules. There's going to be one control marker in the middle of the map, and then two scan markers, one on either side of it. So. What it means is that by the end of the game, you're going to get two points for dominating the control marker, for, con for controlling the control marker. Um, and then you're going to get one point for each of the two detailed scans or uh, successful scans that you've performed. Yep. So that right there is four points. Really, only two points of it is exclusive because anybody can scan either of the targets. And then... The you're going to have your six uh, your three secondary objectives worth six additional points. Yep. Um, so you I just, can. I just noticed that the scan objective needs an EW skill. It's an opposed role. 
Yes. So it needs an EW. It's probably just EW six, but oh, it needs it needs its own uh, own skill. I right. think um, we'll make sure we make it a point that it's unopposed in this circumstance. Yeah, unopposed, and it's not considered a p- part of each player's faction. Yeah, exactly. That way, nobody's um, going to argue. No, no, no. I have an ECCM. It's going to help <clears throat> stop it. Scan. Right. Yeah. Right. The the big thing that's important though is that you want to be able to jam your opponents out of scoring that one. Yeah. It's going to be two points that one or both of you get really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing w- what might end up swinging the game then is the two points for dominating the central objective, and two points in, in heavy year. That's a full one of the standard objectives worth of points. So you can potentially negate somebody's a, break the line just by parking on the center objective. If it's a yeah, two objective. turns of their break the line. Yep. Um, so it makes yeah, it definitely makes that secondary objective you important. But yeah, if you've played um, was acquisition, this yep. is kind of like. Okay. So then we've got uh, total annihilation, which is the the mur- you know <laughs> i just threw total in front of the name what can i say um, kill, kill stuff don't lose stuff yep that's exactly. all you have to so, do yeah kill a bunch of points and, and you know, just for killing 100 if you kill 100 points of their army that's an additional two full objective points so you know you can't really have you can't really rely on the strategy of like throw my guys under the bus to score various objectives for my secondary objectives that's just going to lose me points on survival and it's going to give the opponent points on killing. Yep. You got it. I mean, the same, the same stuff applies as from our last episode on, on, uh, on the annihilation and decap missions. Okay. Then you've got incursion, uh, which is basically uh, a bunch of hold markers, right? And effectively you yep. want to go secure them. The ones that are farther away from you are worth more points. Um, and that's, you know, reciprocal for your opponent as well. So your closest one is worth more points to them than it is to you. Uh, and then again, you've got your six objective points. So uh, it encourages you to yeah. fight over stuff in the middle, project your forces outward, right? So you can start to, like, there's a lot of things here as far as uh, thinking about synergistic objectives, right? So for something like this, you'll want to think about taking something like Break the Line because you got to be over there anyway. Maybe you want to think about Capture because you got to be there over there anyway, right? So Yeah, exactly. Like, I would I would lean towards Capture over Hold in, in actually in quite a few of these missions, uh, but in this one in particular, because if I can get them even close to the, the center line on the opponent's side, it's still going to encourage me to, to naturally move up the table yeah, uh, to at least score the two objectives on my side. And encouraging aggression, getting people out of their deployment zone, is never a bad thing in any miniature game. Yeah. No, not at all. Interactivity is good and creates good gameplay experiences. All right, let's see what else we got. We got coup d'état, right? Yeah. So this one is this one is basically the assassinate mission on steroids. All right. So the you get a point for killing more of the enemy. So that right there is already a bit of a tiebreaker. Um, and then if you kill the same number of commanders, one point, or if you kill more commanders, three points. So this is a great mission where you probably want to take the assassinate objective. Yep. It is limited to only being able to take once because there are some there are some lists which require you to take assassinate. We wanted to make sure that we accommodate that mechanically. Um, you do need so, to update it. It does say assassinate may not be selected at all on the current Google Doc. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So on the PDF... That that is not a the PDF isn't updated, but 
Yeah, that, that's a point. Um, there are some sub there are some sublists that require assassinate. I think Cat is one of them. Yeah, yeah, that was that was something that I noticed after we did this release. So at the next release, we'll adjust that appropriately. Mm. But it also has this interesting corner deployment mechanic, which was a deployment method that was in the beta for 3.0 and then removed. And I liked that mechanic, so I threw it in here. Why not? A little more fun. You have to, because you are potentially further away from your opponent, you do need to consider basically methods to get out of your deployment zone and kill their leaders. Yep. So you basically deploy in the corners, like it says. So the light pink and light blue are the places you start. Yeah, it was, it, those are the the optional, right? Like you're always gonna you're always gonna have the deployment zone for the dark section, and then whether it's like do you want the left, right, the, the dark and the left, or the dark and the right. Do you guys ever uh, play old Warhammer Fantasy? Yeah, years. years. Remember the okay? So so in eighth edition there was um I think it was called meeting or like dawn attack or meeting engagement where you roll. You well, no, it wasn't diagonal. Um, one of the one of the oh. deployments was every time you put a unit, you rolled a d three. Yeah. Which 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 one of the deployment zones it goes into? Some kind of chaotic deployment. That would be that would be absolutely comical. Oh my god, that'd be. Oh, I both I loved and hated that mission. Yeah, it was. It, it, was too it much wasn't. Fun. It wasn't the watchtower. It couldn't be that bad. Hey, I liked the watchtower. <laughs> watchtower is fantastic if you started it. Yeah, but or if you, I mean, the, small side tangent. Uh, not having a multi-list format for Warhammer Fantasy was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, of all of all of them, that's that's the really painful one. Like I I I focus a lot of my Warhammer Fantasy career on understanding terrain and understanding the missions and playing to the missions and using terrain to my advantage. And most of my opponents call me an asshole for doing so. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, both responses are completely reasonable. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one one doesn't uh, one doesn't exclude the other. Yeah. No, I mean, but that, that, that's what you should do from a competitive standpoint. Like the, the, the base assumption of any competitive environment is your opponent is going to try their best to win. Now they don't need to be an asshat about it. Sure. That, that's that win at all cost attitude that people always complain about. Right. That doesn't need to happen. Like, but you can have a gentleman's game and still be very, very harsh on how things yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, I Absolutely. think uh, Eric, Eric Worth and my games always end up with one of us upset, not at the other person, but because it's frustrating because the other person, you know, like really makes uh, both of us adhere to the rules and like, oh, well, you know, that's what that's the way it is. You know, you already said you're going to do that. Uh, so Hi, bro. Yeah. You, you've Game got that. You've also got, you know, your opponent is going to try to win the game. They're yep. going to pull the biggest, scariest, strongest thing they can out. And if you're going to be offended by that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, have a conversation with them at the beginning, right? Talk to them about what you what you're yeah, expecting. Yeah. Well, in a casual game, totally. Yeah. In a tournament setting, that all no holds barred. If it's in the rules, it's fair game. At least that's my personal approach to it. That's that's the way John and I tend to approach it because it it involves a lot less um, homework. You don't have to have that talk beforehand. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we're gonna show up and both try to win the game. And then we don't need to worry about hurting each other's feelings for winning the game. I mean, yeah. if it's a person I've never met before, I'll generally ask them like a leading question. It's like, so, you know, how, how long have you been doing this? 
And if it's like, oh, I just started, <laughs> then I'll be like, okay, let's 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 I, build I mean, in a few take backsies. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do very similar where it's like I, I usually feed in and, and ask, if manipulate a discussion to give an idea of, okay, what kind of game are they expecting? What kind of experience level yeah. am I expecting? Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you show up at the avatar and the person goes, what does the Sepsitor do? That's the like. Well, at that point, you know, yeah. your avatar is across the table and like dropping a template on their entire Riot Girl Link team. Uh, so, <laughs> so here's the thing that that still might feel good to them because like, oh, I've got all these guys, we can shoot you, not realizing that you're you know, good luck killing the avatar. Yeah. Right. Think of how much I'm learning right now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's never a good feeling when your opponent asks, "Oh, I don't know what that does. What does that do?" And it's like, "Oh no." Right? And you're like, well, what do I? Oh, this would be difficult. Well, I think the correct answer is you you win, and then you instru- then you instruct them afterwards. You, you close it out. You close it out as quickly as possible, and then say, "Okay, here's how you don't let that happen again." Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I think I think it's important to. Well, it's also. I mean, this is not an episode on like how to deal with tilt at the table or everything. That's that's <laughs> its own episode, but. Um, you know, just pay attention to how they're doing. If they're getting really frustrated and like throwing dice and stuff, maybe stop and go get a beer with them, talk it out. Uh, I've 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 offered to do that several times at a tournament before. Um, so it you know just pay attention to how they're doing uh, and and uh, be prepared to to stop. Like I, right. I had one guy, you know, I was I was half half an order pool into killing Scarface. He was like, I'm I'm done. Because like everything else on the table was dead, it was like just Scarface left. He's like, I'm, I'm done. I'll give you the ten o. We'll just I, we'll get a beer. So we get a beer. I was like, all right, let's do it. So you know, just pay attention to how they're feeling, um, and 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 be prepared to give give some newer players some take backsies, especially uh, in situations where like there's an optimal solution here. Let me tell you what it is. If you don't want to do it, we can have a discussion about why after the game. Um, but uh, I will I will suggest it to you. Uh, and as a as an experienced player, um, you know this is the correct decision in this you know very binary situation. Uh, so off, offer offer it to them, and it's up to them whether to take it or not. All right, there you go. Tangent closed. Tangent closed. Let's go to the next mission. So hold the line. This is um, basically your tr- there the the band between the two deployment zones is divided into thirds. Yep. And you want to control up the table. So this is similar to the uh, the first mission. Hold the line. Or sorry, um, not the first mission, the third mission incursion. Yep. Where you want to move up the table, except this one you're you're a little bit more spread out. You don't need to hug the objectives. The caveat is the sector closest to your deployment zone is worth nothing to you. Yeah. But it's worth two freaking points to your opponent. Like that's a that's a big that's a big deal. Yep. So. This is this mission even more important than uh, than incursion. Really, is about controlling the sectors, and it's it's do you sacrifice controlling your own sector to hold you know to be able to move up and score your opponent's sector? Um, you know that's something that's going to be re- you know, you have to think about during the game. But the the whole zero point for the closest one to you is is tricky, right? Like you have, you have to balance that choice. Yeah, I mean, this is this is again an example of times you want to be synergistic. Um, you know, maybe you want to drop down uh, some hold objectives to make it worth something to you to be in there to deny them the ability to get that nearest sector. 
uh, and you still get some benefit out of it. Uh, you could go all in and I'm take that. You know, I I'd put the holds right in the middle. Yeah. 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 Right now, that, mid that middle band has a little bit on my side of the table. If I got a yep. cheap squat, yep. that's where the holds are going. Yep. And that's, it's that's not a bad strategy. Yeah. I mean, you can pepper that whole middle band with a bunch of hold and capture objectives. Yeah, I really duke it out in there. Like, give me the middle. You know, like, just try to hard stop your opponent at the end. If you can, you know, if you have control over the activations and you can activate last, then you can pick between moving up into the, you know, the forward sector or moving back to deny them uh, the sector closest to you. Yeah, and this is, so, this is hard. Again, this is a mission... Too right, yeah. Because I mean, so if you if you're looking at this as an infinity player, uh, you're like, oh, this is straightforward. I'll just like move my guy into the thing; it'll be fine. Uh, well, there are no deployment skills that let you get to the other side of the table, right? Yep, that doesn't really exist. So you're there's gonna no have airborne to deployment. Yep, there's an airborne deployment. There's airdrop, which is infiltration, basically in infinity terms. So you have to spend your activation getting there. And it's not like I can spend multiple orders on one turn. It's I get one activation, yeah. they move their movement, and then they're stuck, and I can't do anything else about it, and that's it. So you really have to plan how to get your stuff out of your deployment zone or out of you know their forward deployed position into the sector that they need to be in and hold it. So you need to you know think about this long term. This is not like a last minute. I revealed the Noni Wabon. LOLOL. Right. So, it's, yeah, no, it's really think interesting about it. thinking about the difference between any of these area control missions compared to Infinity. Because Infinity, you can sit in your deployment zone until turn three. Yeah, you, you could. Need to. You could. Man, in heavy gear, especially in, in this mission and the, the next few will go over, like, if you stick in your deployment zone the first two turns of the game, good luck getting across the board. Yep. A lot of stuff literally can't make it at that point. Yeah. Like, like if. So you don't have the right movement. You're not getting there. Yeah, yeah. You need so you need to hold it. If you're going to hold something back, it's going to have to be something like bikes and fast vehicles. But bikes are cheap. Bikes are cheap. They are good holdbacks. That's a absolutely valid use for them. But they're they're worth fuck all for points. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like all you, all you got to do is stomp your like thirty point stompy boy in there. I like bikes can't I can't kill that with my bikes no matter what I do really. And sure. I'm not gonna out. I'm like, I'm not gonna throw you know like five bikes in there to outpoint you. Mm -hmm. You need more than five. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, right. it's just so. I you know that, I think that's a reason. Like missions like this are are a way to sort of break up the um, the the calcified structure that Adam and I were sort of falling into. Right. I just I just take bikes every game, no matter what faction I'm playing. I play all the factions that can take bikes. The bikes are the best. So I'm gonna take them. Uh, and I'm gonna play it. And, and just worth noting that with a lot of these objectives, it's you know control stuff or whatever. A lot of it's based off of you know point cost. Yep. You yeah. Know, the, the zone stuff is based off point cost, where the baseline blitz stuff is all based off of actions. Mm -hmm. So baseline blitz very heavily does encourage bikes, which by the way are getting it. They're getting tweaked in the force companion. I don't know if you guys talked about that last week or what those changes were. We didn't um, leak that specific change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh, there, we can there, talk there's about? some changes around there's some changes around the bike stuff okay um the biggest one i, I, I i'm not going to go through all of it but the biggest one is hover bikes wallabies the southern bike and the spits aren't actually infantry anymore okay oh okay and 
Rooster and I ran some test games with this, and that change right there did a whole sure. lot because all yeah. of a sudden there are stuff just just one shotting bikes left and right. Yep. Yeah. Like so makes... we, we we got in a game it was New Cole versus um, CEF, and just at some point we at turn two we met in the middle because we're passing each other, and then all the New Cole stuff just like blows all the CEF bikes apart because like oh I hit you with a medium frag cannon you literally can't survive it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so they're still so, piling, I mean, they're they're cheap. They're still cheap. They're still piling three up in agile. It, it's it's still hover with jump jazz two on a twelve move model with uh, yeah. agile. You still, still got to deliver not, the not. medium frag cannon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was playing new cold in those test games. Like the, the frag cannon always gets there, but it's you don't right. even need the frag cannon though. It's like I have a medium auto cannon. Yeah, that'll sure, do it too. Sure. Okay, so I hit you. I'm mos mos one does five damage. Mos two does six. Yep. Right, so you need to you need to be more cagey with them. You can't you can't like run a bike over and face tank something because you know that you're capped to two damage. Yeah. That and um, we also found that with the break the line, it's a hell of a lot easier to clear them out. Yeah, like if a couple of them get back there for break the line, um, I had infantry squads pulling bike squads off the table. Right, you you actually you actually have a chance to get them off the table for break if they have two bikes in there. Yeah, break the line. Okay. Yeah. But that was that's the in testing currently what it's sitting at. But yeah, they're they're currently bikes, or they're currently um, vehicles, and that applies to everything except the lizards. Okay. Which so lizards, but they're they're a lot slower. But they're they're slower. They don't hit anywhere near as hard. Um, they're also a lot more limited on who's getting them. Yeah. Yeah. Just south of Newcol. It's south of Newcol, whereas the the hover bikes can crop up in a whole bunch of factions. And like they're in, you can get them in New Coal, CEF, any of the other factions. But yeah, so it's like stuff like that. It's it's action based, which in regular Blitz does cause some annoyance. Whereas here, for threat value based, I see. Now all of a sudden, yeah. that bike spam isn't as attractive of an option. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. So yeah, it's I'm really looking forward to the Force Compendium. Clearly. <laughs> all right. Hopefully so, it shouldn't be too much longer. Yes, I, I've you guys have been, been really pushing on that, right? Content for it. Uh, you have no idea. Wow. So the 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 next mission is actually one of my favorite missions in this because it's it is effectively um, what is it? Uh, looting and sabotaging. Except you can shoot the enemy's objective. And it's an it's an outpost. Like both players get an outpost. With an outpost is really freaking tough. It can take a ton of damage, uh, and it has like four medium auto cannons wrapped around it. So both players are basically getting a massive bunker added to the front of both of their deployment zones, and their goal is to kill the enemy's bunker. If you need to proxy it, it's really close to a sixty mil base. Oh, there we go. So sixty mil base in size. It it's, holds it's troops fairly close to that. It holds troops, four auto cannons. I think it holds gears too. I'm not positive. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Pretty sure it um, does. Yeah, so you get two points for crippling it, which is basically you know getting it down to halfway, and then another two points for finishing it off. Which sound be... which sounds easy on paper, but go look at that thing's stats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's your your whole army is going to have to concentrate some heavy firepower on that to actually get rid of it. So the thing, the reason why I like it, yeah, it's it's a armor ten, <laughs> right off right out of the gate, like that's that's a pain in the butt. But 
and it doesn't hold gears it just holds two squads which means it holds six teams so it's kind of a mission that's going to force people to take things like snub cannons it's going to force you to, to to want to take those high ap weapons because you can with only piloting six up you can get a high margin of success but a high margin of success of the damage six or seven weapon is going to do absolutely nothing to armor 10. yep and then yeah you have to chew through the first five points of damage to even get the two points out of it uh fun tactical bit for those listening um you can ecm defense the building ECM building, and you should ECM defensive building. So right, so that's also gonna be fun for defending it, because for defending it, you're gonna you're gonna want to have ECM defense and smoke on it. Yeah, pretty much. Like all the time, give me those four D six defense dice only on six up. But I mean, you gotta roll that six. You're just looking to roll the six on forty six. You don't care what the other yeah, numbers are. Just roll that six. Also, um, I have to check the wording. I remember how it's worded in the doc, but I'm assuming this counts as a friendly model. Yeah, it's a it's a friendly model added. It basically, you have so, a one model combat group. You, you can issue orders to it, and it does have comms, so it can issue orders to itself. You can you let it let them have it on a oh, bunch yeah. of medium auto cannons. That's terrifying with four of those. Yeah. yeah, and if they're you know if they're directly in front of you, you can deliver three of them. I mean, it's stationary, mm-hmm. so it should already be braced, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be stationary. So it's yeah, so you don't need to let them have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got options. Yep. Still gross. But then that also means that also means other orders could be a thing if for some reason yep. I'm not sure there's actually any you could you um you could coordinate an attack with it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right? Rerolls I mean, really, and everything that it's shooting at. Why not? Yeah, really I think you're just gonna I mean, something that's already braced. I mean, I don't know, it's not a bad idea. Yep. It also it also does have supply, so if you have limited ammo stuff, yep. there's some cool stuff yeah. you can and it is sensors 36 which right? is so you can put your you can put some of your ew guys next to it to start jamming everybody across the board to jam everybody to forward observe stuff because if you have sensors anybody in formation with it can use your sensors i believe yeah. that's i'm 99 sure that's how well, the word but i mean that means you have to be part of the same combat group though so it gets a little weird i don't think i don't think it's restricted to combat group anymore uh, oh, it is it? models in formation. I'd have to go look at the definition. Yeah, I think it's just models in formation. In formation, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure formation specifies includes is specifies combat group. I think formation is combat group. Yeah. Boo. Okay, well, we should probably we could probably add some language about that about saying that. Uh, yeah, it's the same combat group. Yeah. Oh, there we Still, go. though, I mean, it can it can totally coordinate attack itself. It's cute. I mean, it's yeah. it's a 46 medium auto cannon with, you know, with the reroll. Yeah, I mean it has four actions. Also, it is a combat group, so it does have to activate. If you ever can't you just blow activation, yeah. So you do need, yep. It is a null activation, which is important. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. Like you just have it four to observe things. Like, who cares? Yeah, he's got EW five. Something might happen. I mean, you've got four attempts at it. Yeah. <laughs> you might catch something face so, the wrong way and get that extra dice. Oh, that's funny. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to like detailed scan with it. Oh, right. There you go. There you go. Inches. Yeah. Some, somebody parks their commander right next to it. It's like kind of, kind of coming, coming into whale on it with some shaped explosives. You're like, ha right. I get a point. Right next to it within, within three feet of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, detail scan requires uh, six inches. Detail scan. Oh, you're, detail right, you're scan right. You're right. Six inches. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. yeah just move. I, my commander runs up with a snub cannon. You're like, excellent. 
Or with those um, anti-structure melee weapons. Um, yep. If you didn't look, um, all the engineering gears got a whole bunch of crazy melee weapons. Yeah, like record. And some of them are like anti-structure building crackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the demo trait. If I remember correctly, the demo trait gives you a damage floor, right? So it does like the damage you inflict, or if you're like demo two, a minimum of two if damage. You, if you succeed, I think it just does the damage. Yeah, so that can you can really wreck stuff with the demo weapons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a, if you hit, you it, it's essentially minimum damage. So if you hit, if you're demo four, you're doing four damage. Yeah. If you get higher than that, you'll do the higher damage. Good luck getting higher than demo four. Yeah. Um, I mean, if a CEF overlord tank shot at this thing, I'd probably take that damage over the demo. That's true. But yeah, so it it's something that you you both need to attack on your side and defend on the other, or defend on your side, attack on the other, and it's tough. And it's not an easy thing to do. So I mean, I'm I'm honestly and this it, is one of the missions. Shoot I'm, you. Right. This is one of the missions I'm most looking forward to uh to getting some more playtesting in i know that i think john and i in our next order from DreamPod 9 will include a couple of, of the uh, outposts and camel trucks the, the, for bad, the, the badlands yeah the badlands outpost set is actually a really good value on the terrain yeah so i've got i've got an unpainted one that i'm working on assembly on it's it's it'll be my like second or third set something like that nice excellent so next mission we have seize control, which should look pretty familiar. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Um, totally not power pack, but three de- three detailed scan or three scan objectives or scan markers. There we go down in the middle of the table. Your army is deployed in the two corner ninths on the same side. So basically, the table is divided into nine. You d- deploy on that ninth. Which is going to be what? So 24 inches wide and 18 inches up? On a 16 inches up on a uh, regular 6x4 table. Yep. Yeah. And then the big thing here is that you basically have, instead of an objective you need to control on the other side of the table, it's basically a supply crate on the enemy side of the table. So you can you can pick it up and move with it. But the important thing is you have to spend that action and interact with it. To, to to score those points. Which fun fact means your opponent can react to you. Yep. Yep. You're spending an action to pick it up. They might have three things pointing guns at that objective. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you might have to do some clearing out or you know outlast them if you have to. Like, or I don't know, be a uh, be a raven, be a multi-action ECM plus uh model that can throw smoke on itself and just pray to roll five dice for defense with Agile and not die. Yeah. I mean that's that that would work. The I mean it's also a raven, which I mean yeah. the the ravens you're already paying a premium for that guy. So yeah. it's already a Kodiak price <laughs> cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the three scan objectives. I think a lot of the, a lot of this mission, any of the ones that have multiple scan objectives, you're really going to want to focus on having a strong um, EW presence mm-hmm. to jam out the opponent trying to score those points. As soon as your EW goes down, your opponent is just going to rack up three points across the, or you know, in this one, two points yeah. across the table. I mean, so if oh. you're ever wondering what those, you know, line line gears are for that have ECM but not ECM plus, and they're just sort of like, okay, I guess, sure. Well, here you go. This is what they're for. Yeah, right. Like I'll spend an action on it every turn, getting getting uh, ECM protect up. Like that's 
that feels like such a waste. But no, it's for jamming the hell out of people. Yeah, dear Peace River players, welcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Peace River, welcome to seize control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your your harriers will have no problem going to grab that objective, and your warriors will hopefully be able to defend your own. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is this is awesome. This is what this should be doing, right? So it's it's creating a. Uh, uh, a different decision-making process. It's not like, I feel like taking PRDF to this game. It's like, well, with this mission set, PRDF is likely to help me win, right? So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it's, right. it's fun. And then, yeah, so two points for controlling the, uh, for the, the secure asset marker, and then two points for, con for having detailed scan more of the consoles than your opponent. Right. And one of the, actually, one of the cool things is, um, with the scan objectives, that anything in your army can theoretically perform scan. Yes, which is great. You know, it's not like Infinity where you need to be a specialist. If you don't have a specialist, sorry, you're out of luck. Um, but that said, you're you know, if you're a hunter with like two dice on six plus, hoping for that six, like it's it's not looking good. Mm -hmm. And you're still going to have that trouble with it being unopposed because you still got to get the six. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's actually precisely why I want it to be unopposed, because if it was opposed against EW six, if you, the opponent rolled it, it's, it's it's a buff for low stat models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely, precisely. Mm -hmm. But it, it would also, it also it would, makes it, it would also mean ECCM works on it, and that would be that would lead to some jank. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but also with uh, what it means is that you know, there are hunters like like headhunters. I never take headhunters anymore. You know, I took them back and locked and loaded, but like today, I don't feel like I, why would I take that? But now I would take it because it's like, well, two dice on five up is a lot better than two dice on six up to score an objective. Like, it's if cheap. I have, yeah, if I have an extra point, it's I could put cheap. that point on there and have a better chance at scoring scan. Seems good. All right, next up is we have. We have two different uh, scenarios, which are very similar. The first one is sector control, which is four quadrants at the end of the game. Every quadrant you control, you dominate, uh, is a point. That's it. Super straightforward. There's four additional points that can score there on top of the sticks you get for your regular objectives. So this is basically, you know, you're going to play a fairly standard game, but you do need to keep an eye on scoring those points. If you can get an extra third point from securing one of those sectors, you're going to want to do that. It also forces you out of your deployment zone. Yeah. It also makes you make interesting decisions. Sure. Like, do I double down on holding this ground with capture and hold? Or am I going to want to diversify uh, and take detailed scan and assassinate? Because I may get shot up, but I can still score more points that way, maybe. Right? By keeping, keeping yeah. them off of those objectives. Right? Because you can still deny them. Like, if they have one giant honking, like, 30-point model, you can still deny them capture or hold by getting a you know piddly four point model next to it um but you'll lose yeah. that quadrant so correct correct there's a lot it's of... also an interesting choice if you were to dump two holds in one in one zone on your side of the table yeah it becomes a very interesting question because it's like well that became the center and if you lose it that hurts bad yep Mm -hmm. um, one thing I do have to check I don't know how the wording worked out on this um do you have to be completely in a zone to be there? Or do you have to like pick one if you're in multiple ones? Do so, you count as a yeah, I think it's fifty percent. I need to add that to the 
Yeah, I need to add that to the wording. You, you one model may not be in two sectors. Is yeah. going to be the end result of the wording. Yeah. Right. Um, Wait, but, whichever yeah, one you're sure the majority is... in will be will be okay. the sector you're in. All right. Just checking because I'm like, what happens if an overlord sits right in the middle of the table? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then, then you dominate the crap out of one sector, and that's it. Yeah, I'm about then, to say that. The... Then the majority of your model is in zero sectors, and you score none of them. Mm. Or that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm going to make sure that it's basically you only score the sector that a majority of your model is in, yeah. not the plurality. Sorry. Not, <laughs> um, yeah, you will need to move yourself in a way. And you've got zone of control measuring, so you can figure out where you are. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got some pre measuring, it's fine. Yep, <laughs> all right. Then we've got commanding um, presence, so the next one, which is the same thing, it's just yes. every turn. You, if you control every more, turn, if you control more, yeah, so like it's a small but important distinction. One of the interesting things in this mission. Is that it really messes with the break the line objective? Yep. Because if I if I'm in your deployment zone scoring break the line, I'm not in one of the quadrants yep. at the end of the game turn to score. So to score break the line for at least a turn, you need to sacrifice that unit's ability to contribute to securing uh, quadrants. And since it is every turn, this mission also really. Um, benefits units which uh, which have extra deployment skills. Right. It's, yeah, it, it's... Um, and, yeah. Yeah, if you can start scoring, that's these. great. You probably should do that. Yeah, and one of the, the, the drawbacks, though, so in Infinity, there's essentially zero drawbacks to the deployment skills, but in Heavy Gear, to take advantage of the deployment skills, you have to deploy in formation with a commander in the unit. So it's either all of Mercury within, you know, within the six inches of the CGL, or if you take a CGL and a TYC, you can split them up. But now you're giving your opponent more targets for their assassinate objective, yep. you know, for their personal secondary objectives. You also so have more investment in that because the entire CG has to be able to airdrop. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Your whole combat group has to airdrop. Um, the recon, the recon secondary role becomes really cool in this because it gives. The Pathfinder, or no longer Pathfinder deployment, the recon the, deployment. Recon deployment, yeah. To the squad. It makes special forces extra neat because they can deploy 12 inches up the side of the table edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this one, almost more than the, you know, more so than the end of the game one, uh, really rewards that extra deployment skill. All right. So, Next yeah. Up like, is, uh... Yeah, these. Very good. All right, so next up we have Supply Raid, which is totally nothing to do, nothing like supplies at all. It is the legally distinct version of supplies. <laughs> um, there are... Similar to, but legally distinct from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a raid. So three secure asset objectives in the middle of the table. You have to move up to it and spend an action, which also, again, if you have the deployment skills, you're going to want to use because otherwise... Models which deploy in your deployment zone are likely they're either going to have to top speed and spend an action to do it, or they're going to have to do it on the second turn. That's dangerous. This but might be gone already. It is. Yeah, it's dangerous. Fortunately, in this game, you know, AROs are slightly less of an issue than Infinity. Like they both are more important and less important, right? Uh, because yeah. they're they're full dice. Like if you give me an ARO and it's like, well. Sh 
I guess I'll shoot you with this field cannon. Like it's it's, it's you're gonna have a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm not losing any. I'm not losing any dice. Well, you, you lose in the order potential, but yeah, yeah. You lose feral, a lot of heavy arrow pieces can also just. You mentioned the field gun. It just it just going okay. First activation is this little infantry combat group brace the field gun go. Yep, yep. It does work. Yeah, and you don't want to get hit by a field gun. No, no. So there's. Yeah, you know, this will this will definitely affect, I think, um, a bit of your list selection. You're going to want those things that can move quickly and seize opportunity after you've cleared out uh, a reaction piece. Did field guns gain gain uh, react? No, no, no they still can't react. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they don't react. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm making sure. I was, sorry. My imagination. I was thinking my vulture, which has a field gun. Yes. Yes. On the arm mount. Yeah, the the vulture has a reactable field gun. The dingo does. The dingo does. That's... I think there's at least one more. All gross things that I don't get. My poor tanks don't get react are... turrets or fast turrets. These are what they're in all my armies, John. You're doing it wrong. Well, I don't know. Tanks <laughs> are red. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Um. So yeah, supplies. Basically, you want more more uh, secure asset markers. Um, if you have all all the markers, and you, therefore, you, by definition, you have more. You get the full four points. Exactly. Next up is uh, superiority, which is again. Uh, so this is another quadrant control mission. You're, I think you're like twelve, John. Uh, yeah, this is this is the wrong the wrong oh. picture. Oh, you're not looking off of uh, Drive. So yeah, on Google Drive, um, I've replaced this. It's basically quadrant control with a hold marker in the center of every quadrant. You score at the end of the game by controlling more sectors for two points and then controlling more of those control markers. So it's a little bit of quadrant control, plus uh, it's forcing you to be more towards the center of those specific quadrants. So you can't really, you're not going to score it by having a model like off at the table edge claiming points. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a high interaction scenario. You're forcing your, you're forcing your army and units up the table. And right off the bat, this also means that you're playing hold. Yeah. Like you are forced to have hold in a specific spot. Um, so you might want to take missions that are less objective dependent, or you might want to double down and just take lots of hold objectives scattered across your table edge and just move up into the first half of the table. I don't there's, know. I think there's some, there's some decision making points here. There's a lot of, like, I, I like this a lot because, you know, it really depends on your play style, what your force composition is. You can, Get a lot of stuff that's impossible to dislodge, right? With lots of ECM and smoke, uh, infantry and forest or something. Uh, so again, this is going back to the whole, you know, two list format. You have two lists, uh, and you and you you feel like you can you can really stick uh, to a particular quadrant due to the table. Seems reasonable. Go for it. But if you want to have a more mobile thing, because you you don't feel like you can do that, you can take a more aggressive list and go for say, uh, detailed scan or assassinate or something like that, or even wipe them out if you're feeling crazy. Yeah, exactly. All right, and the last mission is uh, a contribution here from Nick. I think it was right. Uh, this I don't mine, remember. Actually. Oh, it was John, John, John. Yep, John of the Prisoner Exchange, which is freaking hilarious mission. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> you basically you get a camel track, right? Which is a mobile objective. Um, you deploy it in your deployment zone. Um, 
basically the one that's in your opponent's deployment zone you control. It's a it's an extra uh, combat group um, in your list, so you can use it to do null activations to sort of bait out what they're going to do. Um, they don't take damage; they're invincible, um, but you can ECM them to slow them down, right? Because they can't top speed everywhere, so you can haywire them right. or ECM them so they can't top speed anymore. Um, so basically, at the end of the game, you are you want to be controlling your camel truck. Uh, and also controlling your opponent's camel truck. So you're trying to prevent uh, your opponent's camel truck from getting across the table, and you're trying to get yours back to your guys, right? So that's basically yeah. the deal. Uh, and yeah, so the entire time, they're the just spreading the game, everywhere. Right, so essentially at the end of the game, the camel truck is treated like a control marker. Yep. Is what it comes down to. So you, want, you need to move it towards you, and then have your own models move towards it. And yeah, like you said, two points for controlling your own, two points for controlling your opponents. Um, to to me, this was a this this mission feels like like trying to to grab a greased pig. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> like <laughs> I need to control this thing, but my opponent is in control of it. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, yeah. Nick Nick's, Nick is saying that he's uh he's lost internet. So. Uh... Oh no. Well, yeah. So this. Yeah, this mission just seems like a lot of fun. I think that this mission and the two towers are the ones that I'm the most looking forward to playing just because they seem uh, to add a, a layer of hilarity on top of the normal uh, the normal format. But yeah, I think the thing here is that like I said, we've, we've tried to create missions that encourage uh, interactivity. You have to engage with your opponent during the game on terms that your opponent is also trying to score. Yep. And that's so it, it adds just a little bit of asymmetry or a little bit of symmetry to a game which is extremely uh, focused on asymmetry in the mission format. It's, and all of these basically all... Hmm? No, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, you basically just have to plan for a lot more. Think about all of the synergies with your uh, your list. And how the objectives work out. Like it's kind of like building a list for classifieds, but also getting to select your classifieds, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of exactly what it feels like. the The missions feel like the secondary missions from Infinity, and then you've got your main one on top of it. Yep. But the nice thing is, since it's only four points, like if you can deny your opponent their secondary objectives, that's also critical. You know, it is only it, it's four out of the ten, so the majority of the points you score are still the majority of points that you you built your list towards. Yes. Um, that's that's kind of neat. You know, in, in Infinity, you have to build to score 100% of your points based on the objective of the mission. Where in this one, you can still score 60% 60, 60 of your points regardless of what mission you're playing. Yes. And I think, you know, this actually gives you a, a very direct way to uh, deny points just in general, right? So... You can, you, like you said earlier, mm -hmm. you can deny your opponent their secondary objectives, but now because there's a uh, exclusivity to the uh, the the mission objectives, right? You, if I score them, by definition, you do not for most of these. Uh, like mm -hmm. I'm controlling the zone, mm -hmm. I get the point for that. Sorry. Uh, so you creates it creates uh, an actual swing there, as opposed to just sort of like, well, we'll just like you could play a heavy gear game, and you know if you didn't have if you only had capture and hold and like break the line, you could not fire a single shot and completely ignore your opponent and both score six points, which is kind of a silly way to play yeah. the game. 
but you could do that. Uh, that's not, you know, going to really happen in this in this situation because you have to fight it out. It's encouraging you to interact, which is I think part of you know we 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 talked a lot about it, um, sort of offline when we were discussing balancing bikes and stuff with, um, you know, both Nick and Rich and everybody else. But uh, I think I think this hopefully will do a lot. Um, one one thing that's important to note is that you know we haven't play tested everything. Um, which is why yeah. we're asking you, the community, to help us with this. Um, so please let us know what you think. Uh, if something, if you're finding that I'm never doing this objective because it's too hard, then you know we should make it easier, make a different objective. Uh, this is a a, um, a community effort. You know, we get a game in a week maximum. Yeah. Right really so it's going to take us like months to play through all these missions um so you know we definitely need your help and we want to you know take pictures please send them in uh let us know what your table looks like how that affects the effects affected the mission um you know all of these things so so if you if you, if you have a, a cool mission to suggest right maybe we can do a contest or a mission contest or something oh yeah uh, that'll be, be a fun. thing we could do um, so yeah, we'll, 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 we'll think about that in, in more detail and come up with some sort of concrete suggestion, but yeah, please give us feedback. Let us know how things go. It would be super helpful. Yeah. And I mean, I was thinking if, even if you want to write like a battle report, send we'll it over it. to the mailbag at yep. late night wargames.com and we can, we can run through your battle. Like, you know, if there's enough details for us to do so, we can run through your battle report on air. Yeah. During our game section. So those will those will all give us more data to work with. You know, it's like John said, it's a community effort. So like, come on, community, let's do this. But I think the game would really do well to have a, a common competitive language to work from. And I don't think the Infinity ITS is a bad place to start. Yeah, definitely not. All right. Well, we got word back from Nick. His ISP is kaput. So he's he's out. Uh, he says, you know, he says, sends his greetings. Uh, but uh, we are. We well, are, good timing. Sadly, Nicholas, at the moment. <laughs> That's totally fine. I mean, you know, fortunately, it was uh, we've we've gone through the missions. Yep. So I'm glad that it went now and not earlier. Yeah. Right. Like halfway <laughs> through the unboxing or something. <laughs> Would have been bad. Yeah, right. But cool. Great guest. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you very much, Nick. Um, we loved having you on as always. And, yes. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think our angle here is, you know, this is the V 0.1 doc, and I made sure to include that in the the name of the doc. So people are clear that this is V 0.1. Um, there are typos, there are misspellings, uh, the word trooper still appears. So uh, any feedback you have, please, you know, send over to, to the mailbag at Lumbering Sprocket or sorry, mailbag at uh, Late Night War Games or Lumbering Sprocket. Or, Both work. They go to the same place. Oh, there we go. Um, or from the Lumbering Sprocket website, we have a feedback form. Yeah. Or in the uh, the the I guess unofficial official Heavy Gear Blitz Discord channel, we have a um, organized play channel built in there. Oh, nice. Where we built the doc. Yeah. So plenty of place that we can we can talk about and try to build this into something that uh, eventually becomes kind of a, a common meta or a common language that we can use internationally. Uh, for the heavy gear community. Yeah, I think that's that's that is, my spiel. Those are the things. That's the thing. Um, 
and yeah, again, I'm looking forward to to playtesting as many of these as possible. Yes, and and it's... also talking about people's experiences. Um, I would love to sort of sort of do that. So, I mean, it would be not unreasonable to start a. Um, well, let's let's talk offline a little more. I have some ideas. So, uh, but yeah. John has ideas. I have ideas involving greased pigs. We're gonna do some <laughs> involving greased pigs, right? Like, so one of the one of the optional rules we put in is for all of your personal hold objectives to be replaced by camels. Yeah. So you can you can run your hold objectives around as your opponent gets closer to them, but you score points based on keeping them alive as opposed to controlling them. Yep. That's fun, right? Yeah, chasing all these little cars around the table. It'll be silly. It was an optional rule in the 3.0 beta and we're like, "Well, wait a minute. Let's let's not get rid of that just yet. This looks ridiculous." That sounds fun. And hilarious. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. Done. Too late on us. All right. So, just a reminder about Broman Academy's mission is uh, coordinated orders this month. So, thank you again to Aaron for for suggesting that uh, you use some coordinated orders to get some uh, efficiency out of your your list. Um, write us right in. Let us know how it went. Paint up some heavy infantry before the end of the quarter. Uh, we'll we'll judge it uh, and uh, award uh, best painted as well as do a random drawing from all the participants uh, to get some free swag. Um, we're here every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. Uh, we upload all of our uh, episodes to YouTube and all of your favorite podcast apps. And you can check out latenightwargames.com if you want to see the show notes. Um, if you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon and become a late night wargamer uh, and get access to our Special cool Discord where you get to hang out with us and uh, you know just talk shop. Super um, cool. Super cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, next week we have Melanie and Aaron on. I know I said that last week, but I got my days mixed up. Uh, they they corrected me. I know. Um, so they have written up a series of really uh, awesome questions that I can't wait to really dig into about uh, everything from how do I handle a Rambo unit to what's it like at a tournament for those of us who haven't really been to a big one. Um, so we'll get into all of that, uh, ask them some questions about how, you know, how they get started, what's their experience been like so far, all that kind of stuff. So we'll save all those details for next week's episode. I want to give it all away now, especially since they're not here. Um, and yeah, let's see. Uh, thank you again to our sponsors, DreamPod9, uh, Mythic Games, Corvus Belly, Board and Brew, and uh, um, the fabulous makers of Dystopian Wars. Yeah, War Cradle. There you go, John. Yep. Well, show, show, show the, show the fancy. Yeah, there you go. War Cradle Studios. Yep. There it is. So, Look, it's shiny and silver. It's so shiny. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> I, I really wanted to play Dystopian Wars, so we will, we will totally do the thing. I, I have to say, I was like a, like a, like a five for excitedness, which is basically my level of excited for anything that's a miniature toy. Um, like five out of ten. And now that I. Yeah, and now that now that I have it in hand, it's definitely pushing the nine, nine and a half. Well, you want to shoot ten, whales ten at me? Like, that's what that's what it is. I want to shoot like knowing that I can shoot whales at you is definitely like pushing it to nine point six. Yeah, ten ten basically means I'm going to the website right now and ordering everything there is for my faction, which happens often. That does happen. Uh, <laughs> it does. Uh, Nine point nine nine point seven five, I think, is where I'm, I'm cruising at. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty stoked to play that. Fair <laughs> getting, enough. Getting higher, the drunker I get. Uh, <laughs> so we better call this 
before I load up the Wayland Games website and do damage to myself. Yeah, right. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well... Let's let you go to bed, <laughs> so so you don't you don't end up uh, buying the entire store. Right. Nine point eight. Oh, geez. Okay. Be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and email your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five star rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, if you listen to us on another platform, do whatever you can to give us the most adulation you possibly good uh because all of those eventually i hear about it i see it you know it comes up on my feed and like oh you should listen to this podcast i'm like ha, ha, ha. um all of that basically just strokes my ego and makes me a happier person uh yeah it also helps us give you the best content we possibly can uh especially you know our late night war gamers over on patreon who help us in more ways than stroking my ego. They also help pad our wallets. And that lets us buy cool things like more train that we need to play these toys with that we can talk Camera about. So we can show you guys. cool things. <laughs> Microphones. Right? Like I need I need an ocean game mat now. So yeah, work on it. Anyways, <laughs> I'm I am uh, fading fast. Have a wonderful evening. Obi, I look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Everyone have a good Take care everyone. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Uh, 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 won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.